It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. When you're young, the goal is to see if you're, you know, to be out at 3.30 or 4 in the morning. And I, I have figured out as a more mature man that yes. when you're really cheating life is when you're drunk and the, and the sun's still out. <laughs> see, that's good That's good advice right there. And I don't, I don't disagree. Yeah, That way you're in bed before midnight. There's no hangover. You start the new year uh, off beautifully and hopefully everybody has a nice brunch. Uh, uh, this is... Uh, we're oh, gonna- yeah, right. Yeah, the late night burrito becomes dinner instead <laughs> around like, you know, 8 o'clock. And yeah, then you you pass out and yeah, wake up nice and fresh. Hello, everybody. It is the Go Birds Podcast, episode number 161, right here, radio.com, sports radio 94 WIP. Happy New Year, everybody. We will be making some New Year's resolutions um, as uh, we get ready for our preview pod on Thursday afternoon. Hope everyone is having a very safe, maybe hungover New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Um, it is a big day here on the Go Birds Podcast, as you heard. In the cold open there, the one that they call Damashek is joining us today because, because I won a bet with the great Dave Damashek, as he last week had said, oh, the Giants, oh, 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 you better, you, you better believe it now when I tell you that the Giants are going to beat the Eagles. And of course I said, if that happens um, and he loses, he has to come on the podcast. And if I were to lose, I was going to do something embarrassing of his choosing on, you know, video uh, kind of glad I didn't have to do that. I know that Seltzer and ESP are a little disappointed that that didn't happen, but um, it's a, uh, it's, it's a really, we just decided I hey, we're going to, you know, talk about the birds for like 20 minutes. And then it ended up being a 15 minute conversation about everything we get into what's happening with the Browns. Um, I praise the fantasy prowess of, uh, of Damashek. Um, we talk about Ermit Meyer, uh, a possible humongous QB carousel with a lot of interesting, famous names in odd places. 
obviously preview a little bit of uh, the Eagles and Seahawks as well, but it's a huge playoff week. Um, we are very, very excited that things are kind of ramping up here for a Sunday afternoon game. And of course, we are going to be doing a little live streaming pregame show, uh, and this was just announced, so I want to make sure that you guys uh, know it too. We're going to be heading out to Delco, y'all. So it's the Go Birds Bud Light pregame show happening at JT Brewski's in Primo's PA, uh, 510 South Oak Avenue. Bud and Bud Light's only $2.75 uh, on game day. We're going to be there from 3.30 to 4.30 previewing this thing uh, thing for you. If you come by, a Bud or Bud Light is obviously on us, and I know that there was a couple of people from uh, where was that? Uh, Portland. I think that who was that? Was that Jason trying to get out here? So, and honestly, you should be flying out here anyway. If you're not in Philadelphia to come join uh, at JT Brewski's, once again, Primo's in Primo's PA, which is like 25 minutes from the city. It's so freaking close. Come out, have fun. Uh, we'll get you revved up. And uh, right now, Damashek and I are going to get you revved up on our crazy theories. Um, really good conversation with him. He is the host, of course, of the Dave Damashek football podcast. You can find that over on NFL.com. Uh, I'm sure you can just search like a normal person in any where you're listening to this. You, you know where to find Damashek. And if you don't, uh, it is on the Twitter.com as well. Dave Damashek at Damashek, D-A-M-E-S-H-E-K. Without any further ado, my conversation with Dave Damashek over at NFL.com. We're not supposed to be impressed with other people's fantasy teams. And our next guest, Dave Damashek, has said this many times on his podcast. You can go find him, well, really anywhere walking around uh, the NFL network doing push-ups. I, Dave Damashek, do appreciate a man who is battling back from five and eight and comes, you know, around that final turn and laughs at everybody's face when you were probably getting killed day in and day out for your fantasy team. What a loser this guy is. And you end up being the GM of the year. I just wanted to praise you first before we got into Eagle stuff. So welcome aboard, Dave. Well, I, I appreciate you having me, first of all. And, um, and second of all, I didn't realize it until you just were describing that. Isn't that basically what the Philadelphia Eagles of 2019 have just done? I mean, Aren't it's we, five and seven, five and eight. After all. Exactly. Yeah. So you literally can have Howie and Doug's job. And, uh, and I don't even, yeah, let's, let's, let's just do that. I think uh, we would well, love. The paradox, the weird irony, I guess, of it is, is that what really swung things in my favor was when I traded Jordan Howard and Alshon Jeffrey away Ooh. and uh, and got Odell Beckham as bad as he was for the most part. He did provide me with a couple of clutch touchdowns yes. as uh, as a champion like he uh, like he would. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah. I guess now see that's that's what I've realized. We're all just people. The <laughs> Eagles and uh, and Damashek's fantasy team. There it is. I uh, let's talk about that for a quick second because it just happened uh, right before we started chatting away, and the Browns are moving on from Dorsey. And if that was a real life trade, I'm sure Eagles fans would be very very excited about that. First and foremost. What do you make? What is Cleveland doing? I think that's a, an eleven-year question. And then number two, do you think this leads to bigger shakeups personnel-wise for the Browns? And could we see guys like Landry and OBJ possibly be moving on elsewhere? I wouldn't be surprised if it's OBJ who moves on. It just seems like um, you know uh, he is the common thread now in a couple situations. It's sort of like when Freddie Kitchens got shown the door. I saw people expressing late on Sunday 
Poor Baker. Now he's going to be on to his fourth head coach in just three years. He's been <laughs> in a tough spot. It's not like he's just been a, uh, a, a an innocent observer to what's going on. I mean, Hugh Jackson got punted largely, from what I gather, because of Baker Mayfield. And Freddie Kitchens got the job largely because of Baker Mayfield. And then because in part of Baker's behavior, Freddie Kitchens has now been shown the door. So let's not act like he was just hanging around like, wait, what happened? (laughs) Baker is the reason for that. And maybe that's true with Odell. But the larger question, here's a hypothesis, and maybe by day's end I'll look silly for having floated it. It stands to reason to me that kind of if you look at the Cliff Cliff Kingsbury approach Mm -hmm. a year ago, I'll take your job, Arizona Cardinals, as long as you let me bring my quarterback in. I also think if you're at, um, at, let's say, Urban Meyer's level, and I'm not just saying putting his name in there as a possibility, I'm going to guess that that's exactly the guy who they're looking at right now. Interesting. And uh, maybe it's Lincoln Riley, too. I don't, but I, I wonder, you know when popular actors, they, they decide to direct a movie and then star in it? It's like, why don't you just direct it without being in it? Isn't that too much on your plate? <laughs> I don't know if a college coach who's never done it before should say, I, I need personnel control and I'll be the head coach. Maybe that's a little bit too much. Um, but if you're Urban Meyer, I'm fairly certain and have talked to people who say that he would like to go to the NFL, but the situation has to be near flawless for him to do it. And Baker Mayfield, I guess if he's your quarterback, he's your franchise. I don't know if you call that flawless, but also I, I trust that Urban Meyer has enough of an ego that he thinks I can fix the off-the-field stuff with Baker Mayfield and get him to shut his yap a little bit more and return to Ohio where obviously he's had some success and he'll be embraced by the local population. I, I predict that it'll be Urban Meyer. Interesting. So uh, the Browns can finally make up for the fact on uh, passing on Chip Kelly, give a college coach entire personnel, and uh, and roll it out. I'm sure everything will be fine once that happens. But um, that would be uh, that wouldn't be unsurprising to me in the least. And do you think Urban Meyer holds on to Baker Mayfield in that scenario? Then I, you know, I don't know how you move on from him exactly. It, the Josh Rosen thing, though, I guess sort of. Um, shows you the template of how you do it. And I guess, again, based on the egos of personnel guys and offensive coordinators and head coaches, they always seem to think, I know um, that he's been, you know, his behavior hasn't been the greatest. I can fix that part, though. He's talented. Uh, those guys, the, the guys in those positions always have that ego. Um, I would predict that he would stick with Baker, and if only because he's on his rookie deal. Why, uh, unless you're going to completely reboot, trade Baker Mayfield, and get, I don't know, could, uh, could you get jo- uh, Joe Burrow? Is that a, maybe. a reasonable thing? To, maybe a, maybe a Cam Newton? Cincinnati? A Cam Newton going to Cleveland instead of San Diego, like you guys predicted? Or, uh, listen, Los Angeles, my bad. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's an interesting thought. Um, I do, I mean... Besides the coaches moving around, and I don't think Bill Belichick's off the table right now. I don't think Tom Brady's off the table. Wow. I think not just the head coaching side of things. I think the quarterback market's going to be wild, too. A couple of key pieces of that are Cam, like you say. If Cam moves on from Carolina, whoever takes that gig, if they want to move on from him, 
then it's really going to be wild because in Los Angeles, as they open the new stadium and one of the, the real stories of, of 2019, I think, for a few weeks at least, was, man, how come uh, Chargers games have more visiting fans than they do home fans at them? I was at, at the, uh, the Steelers game back in whenever that was, early October, and it really was 90% Steelers fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to be incented to try and turn that around and certainly to try and fill the stadium a little bit. And so in Los Angeles, they're going to try to win the casual fans. And how do you do that? You, you don't get somebody who is a good college quarterback. You, you get a name brand guy. And to me, I know it sounds crazy to a lot of people and I sound like a conspiracy theorist or, or otherwise, I wouldn't be, I, I think they would will try to get Tom Brady. Wow. And I think that absolutely could happen, too. Tom Brady hasn't been good this year. Quietly, it's, it's been insinuated, I feel like, by him and others. This situation isn't good right now because of the receivers and the O-line and otherwise. And I, I also have, I mean, this is, you know, it's like a marriage, I guess, um, or a band, um, or anything else that at some point people want to see if they can go solo a little bit. Doesn't it make sense that if you're Belichick and Brady, that somewhere deep down, you kind of want to see what would happen without the other guy that you want to test it and prove to yourself, if not to the rest of the football world, that I'm the key to what has gone on here. I think they deep down understand that they've needed each other and have leaned on each other. And I think that's where it would wind up. If you're Tom Brady, I don't think Tom Brady at 43, goes into a new situation and is a revelation and takes that team to the Super Bowl. But then again, if you put him on the Chargers and they fix up that O-line, I, he would be better throwing it to Hunter Henry, Keenan mm-hmm. Allen, Mike Williams, and the rest, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and that's not – see, I don't think that's crazy at all, especially after you know the Seth uh, Wickersham uh, novel, essentially. like That was the first thing I thought when I read that is these guys are bored. They need a new challenge. Belichick wants to take some scrub like uh, in that carousel, whatever it is. He wants to take Joe Flacco on, have him be a starter, uh, and just go win a Super Bowl with him. Tom Brady wants to do it with the, with the Chargers, uh, who's been snake-bitten since, you know, basically we can – we can ever ever think since the beginning of time. I, I buy into it. I think this will be one of the the crazier like QB carousel off seasons. Just like think, you said. I mean, think about yeah. Vegas is going to look to make a splash. Absolutely, Superman makes a lot of sense there. Yeah, drop Cam Newton there. Um, yeah, I mean, think about all the movement that's going to happen. And if Dak doesn't sign in Dallas, if maybe that uh, whoever takes that gig as the head coach makes a part of the deal, like yeah, I don't want to pay Dak and I don't want to get hamstrung with the cap. With Dak, you need to let me build this team. If Dak goes out onto the open market, then it's really, really going to be loco stuff. But, yeah, with the the Brady thing, yeah, two years ago, I know that Brady, I mean, as Wickersham and beyond covered, that was legit, that Brady and Belichick were at odds, and Bob Kraft really did get them in a room and say, you guys aren't going anywhere. We need to resolve this. We don't break up until this ride is over with, and that's how Jimmy G winds up in San Francisco. But that, I mean, you know, I, and obviously they went on to um, go to the Super Bowl that year, and then mm-hmm. they win it last year, and they're not out of things yet. But, yeah, I, I, bored or, or anxious for the challenge of doing it without each other, but, I, I mean, it's one of my favorite questions because Patriots fans get so upset about it, <laughs> is um, 
and that alone makes it worthwhile. Of course, yeah. Um, as though they're the only dynasty in the history of sports to have to go through something like this. But how would you feel if you're a Patriots fan if at this time, at this moment, exactly one year from now, if Bill Belichick's Patriots were getting ready with their starting quarterback who went 13 and three, Andy Dalton going up against oh Tom Brady's Chargers God. in the playoffs? <laughs> who who would you root for? Who are you rooting for, Patriots fans? Your hero, Brady, or are you rooting for the brand? You rooting for a coach? Who roots for a coach over your hero who who held up those Lombardi trophies in the honor of your city? It would be um, it would be a moral conundrum, that's for sure. The turn on Tom Brady in Boston would be would be amazing. I would love to. Uh, see if that can unfold at any points, and uh, certainly no bias uh, from you being the Steelers fan at all to want to no, see. Indeed. No, indeed. What's interesting? That's all I'm saying. That's all New England. That's all. But I, I mean, I'm not saying it. No, it would be, it really would be interesting if it also dents Brady's legacy on some level. Yeah. If, let's say, a league average quarterback, a guy like Andy Dalton, as a for instance, if they didn't skip a beat, if in the year Brady leaves, if they just drop somebody in there and that guy wins double-digit games and they win the division and otherwise, this is a good time actually for Brady to leave because you can see the Bills coming together. The Dolphins are at least going to be better next year. And the Jets, in spite of Gase, aren't an abject joke, it doesn't feel like at this point. So maybe moving on right now and then watching – the Bills and everybody else catch up to you, he'll be able to say for the rest of the time, see, I was everything. Once I walked away, the whole thing imploded. Being able to go back to Tom Brady was a system quarterback from like 2003 or two or one, that is, you just, you're hitting the heartstrings right at the, right at the same point. Hi, Patriots fans, by the way. <laughs> nice if you're listening to this. I appreciate that. You mentioned Dallas. And I feel like they are turning this thing into let's go find the next Pope. I'm not exactly sure what's going on. Poor Jane Slater. <laughs> poor all these other people that are just standing around waiting for an answer on anything. Not just who's going to be the next head coach. Like, are, what's the deal with with Jason Garrett? And um, I, I mean, the rest of the NFC East is uh, is a complete mess. I would even say the Eagles are still a little bit of a mess, despite obviously despite uh, you know the recent success here and getting the playoffs and all that stuff too. But like, what? What are the Dallas Cowboys doing here? Is this just to play nice with agents? Like, what is is Jason Garrett going to have a, a front office advisory role? Uh, wh- what's your make of the the Cowboys thing here? I, you know, I've talked to a couple of people tied in down there, and they say that for real, um, Jerry Jones and the Jones family they really do love Jason Garrett, and he's been around them forever. Obviously, he was the backup. Um, during the glory years there in the early 90s, all the way back to there. So he's been in there for a while. They um, they loved uh, their, their family ties there and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's part of it. But I also think they have the luxury. They don't have to let Jason Garrett go. This does buy them. You want more conspiracy theories? I'm going to sound like a real cuckoo. <laughs> um, the, again, Urban Meyer makes sense there, too, if – and. This, the thing that is no longer really true as much as people say, well, who, why would Bill Belichick ever go down to Dallas? He would always want control of, um, of personnel, and that's why Bill Parcells left and, and so on, um, except for the fact that Jerry doesn't really run personnel anymore either, and, neither, and neither even, even 
the Steven, I forget the guy's name, who, who is uh, nominally the GM at this point, but he kind of does call the shots with yeah. personnel, from what I gather. I, I, and Steven by the way, Jones, yeah, yeah. If I were Jerry Jones and Mark Cuban, too, they both get that thing of like fan, from fans and, and uh, national media and otherwise about like, why can't these guys stay out of the way and let the, let the experts do it? It's like, if I spent $3 billion on something, I mean, listen, if I buy a bag of Doritos, I'm not going to just uh, put them out on the table and stare at them and see if other people want some. I'm going to eat them, <laughs> at least some of them. And if I'm Jerry Jones and I spend 3 or $4 billion for a football team, I will definitely have a say in who we're drafting and what we're doing. I will definitely insert myself into it. Well, that's not good for the team, Dave. Too bad. I own the team. I said, then you then give me five billion dollars, and then you can run it the way you want to. But anyhow, <laughs> I think that there is an opportunity for an Urban Meyer type, or dare I say, even a Bill Belichick type, to go down there and actually be given the reins and be at this point after the last uh, 25 years in Dallas and the way things have gone, I wouldn't be stunned if you heard Jerry and Stephen Jones sort of say, we're going to turn all football operations over to this architect, to Urban Meyer or to Sean Payton or to Bill Belichick or someone like that. Yeah, that wouldn't, uh, I, I mean, if that c- comes around and, and certainly, you know, Matt Rule's been even uh, mentioned in Dallas yeah. at this point and, um, again, perfect situation, making sure that you have personnel control, um, you know, more than the 53, all of that. Yeah, I, I think that there's that that's something that's going to happen. Overall in the NFC East, do you think it will finally improve uh, in terms of, like, front office and head coaching? I mean, Washington seems to be doing all the right things by finally getting rid of Bruce and, you know, bringing in Ron Rivera, and we still haven't heard any of the details there. I only assume that Ron Rivera is going to have similar type of control that we were just talking about along with, I don't know, $8 million over the next five years or whatever happens here. But do you think ultimately, finally, the NFC East might be more like the NFC South, uh, you know, or the NFC North at this point uh, in the next couple of years? Yeah, I, I, I do buy it. And I mean, obviously what happened with your guys this year is just straight up injury yeah. you know, you you guys are off the hook for that. Um, the Cowboys are more mysterious. It just does. I mean, the Falcons maybe, but, um, I, I gotta think that the Cowboys have to be the biggest disappointment, um, in terms of, uh, difference from the talent that they had versus the results that they got. Um, and yeah, assuming I, I, despite what I just said about Jerry Jones and Mark Cuban, I mean, really at this point, Dan Snyder really needs to just absolutely turn things over. Um, and you know, Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio, that's shaping up pretty good. And if you buy Dwayne Haskins as the long-term answer, there, or even being capable. I mean, think about what they have. Geis is, is good. Uh, McLaren's good. Yeah. And then you, now you're going to have the two towers, rushing the passer once they draft Chase Young. That's right. Along with Montez Sweat, they should be really – You, I mean, for real, they should be um, a, a much-improved team as soon as next year. You guys, uh, assuming 
better health, um, you know, you guys turn it around pretty well, quick. Well, that and, and being able to actually draft a wide receiver in the most historic wide receiver draft class uh, of all time, apparently, which is what they kind of missed on with running backs, the defensive tackles, and so on and so on and so on. We're not bitter about it, I promise. But uh, Well, it's funny you say that. It's funny <laughs> you say because um, I just did a thing today that doesn't uh, air until – um, Saturday, Ooh, but I basically am running through, and in my one of my dumb bits, I'm uh, taking a call from Doug Peterson and throwing names at him of guys who might be able to help out. Um, it really is weird that, you know, Harold Carmichael was great, and I could make a case should be in the Hall of Fame. Mike Quick was great, but since that, I mean, who's the best wide receiver that, I mean, Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson, Andy Jeremy Macklin. Yeah. It's crazy who you guys, I mean, oh, everybody always, Andy Reid, the story of his era there was, they all had all these great teams, but we never got over the hump and won a Super Bowl and everything. But, I mean, next to that is, how did you guys always do it without any halfway decent <laughs> wide receiver on the right? I know, um, I mean, listen, you had Brian Westbrook, who also deserves Hall of Fame consideration, mm-hmm. but... And Donovan McNabb was plenty dynamic, but it's pretty remarkable that outside of the one year with T.O., what did you guys ever have at receiver? Yeah, nothing, nothing. A lot of, a lot of getting hyped for guys named like Reggie Brown and you know Todd Pinkston there for a moment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just you know, had a Kevin Curtis, I guess, for a, a couple of years. Like, there's only, did you know that there's only, uh, what do we have? I think it's six. Or six to eight all-time wide receivers that have hit the thousand-plus yard mark. It's just it's insane. So it's it's insane. Like, I guess I guess it could be worse if you could be a, a Bears fan and your best quarterback of the Super Bowl era is Jim <laughs> McMahon for about uh, nine games, or you could be the Browns and just every at every position all over the field. Wow, you, just, you just uh, stink uh, forever. But <laughs> out here disrespecting Chris Chandler all of a sudden. You know, for the Chicago Bears fans. Well, they they got to deal with. I, well, that's what I thought. I want to quickly go back to the Cam Newton thing. Do you think Ryan Pace is crazy enough to say thank you, Mitch Trubisky? We're moving on. Let's bring in Cam Newton. See if we can go win a Super Bowl. That, that was another thought I had. You know, in the mix of all the when you guys were kind of chatting about it. Do you think that they make any changes at the quarterback position in Chicago? Well, based on you know the uh, by the way. Don't read too much into these announcements and pronouncements from organizations, especially, again, when a quarterback is on his rookie deal. There's no incentive for the Bears to say anything other than as they head into the offseason, yeah, Trubisky's our guy. That can change in as soon as free agency, but there's just no incentive for them to announce and put that in Trubisky's head right now that he is going to be in jeopardy of losing his spot. I mean, they should. That is my answer to that. They should look to move on from Trubisky. Will Will Pace try to self-validate and say, you wait and see. This will be the year that he finally earns his keep among his uh, his classmates, Mahomes and Watson. If you've watched him play, it, it seems that we've gotten enough tape now to rightfully announce that Mitchell Trubisky is at his best going to be a league average quarterback. He's never going to be the the reason why the Bears make a deep playoff run. He might be a passenger and might be coached in such a manner that he is out of the way enough that he doesn't uh he doesn't kill him as uh as Mike Tomlin said about uh 
our backup quarterbacks this season. <laughs> Ironically, they did end up killing us. I don't know if you, <laughs> I, I, you I, saw I how the season that. ended. But, yes, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I, I, Cam Newton would make some sense. I wonder if Nick Foles would oh, be something to go get with Minshew there. Yep. It's just not very sexy, you know, no. Nick Foles. The weird thing about Nick Foles, and you're clo- you were close to it, that is one of the weirder phenomenons that, um, you know, you can, you can ascribe success for a Patriot. You know, I always say, never sign a New England Patriot as a free agent and expect that he's going to succeed on the level he did in New England. There's some weird voodoo going on in Foxborough. Mm-hmm. And the Nick Foles one is weird, though, that, it doesn't make a difference if it's Chip Kelly or Doug Peterson. All that matters is that he has on that dark green jersey because anywhere else he goes, it is just an absolute flop. It yes. doesn't matter if he's in the Rams, the Chiefs, Jacksonville, otherwise. The only place where he was good in two completely different situations in Philly, he was, uh, he was successful in. I don't know what that voodoo's about, but it's obvious. And, um, well, let, let me know, just I, let me just say real quick that uh, I it was probably one of the very small people in the minority that desperately wanted Nick Foles traded after the Super Bowl season because no one else no one else could get wamboozled more. You didn't have any uh, uh, other opportunity in terms of like total value, and even so, like. I don't know if the reports were true, but close to you know the highest second round pick that you can get, somebody was offering a first, and you just look back at that and go like. What a huge mistake that is! <laughs> you know, like they could have—they got well, literally nothing I, for for Nick Foles. So it is—it's so funny to look back to uh, 13 months ago when Wentz got hurt last year. The first—the first time it happened, I could buy that Wentz probably deep down, you know, and uh, I'm sure in the locker room and and out, everybody, you know, rightly could say, "Well, listen, we don't go 13 and three." if Carson Wentz isn't the quarterback for most of the year and he would have been the MVP had he not gotten hurt against the Rams and all that. And Nick Foles came in and um, played a great closer for us and they combined to do it. The second year when, when Wentz got hurt, <laughs> I said uh, to some people and I, and I was berated in social media and on my podcast and otherwise um, by, by the guys who I do the show with, I said, if Nick Foles, runs the table here and gets them into the playoffs, I feel horrible for Nick, for Carson Wentz. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I would really feel bad for him. It would be a weird spot. And people said, that will never happen. People understand <laughs> the reality that Carson Wentz is better. Yeah. And as it turned out, I was wrong. It didn't take four games. It took one game. He won one game, and immediately everybody flipped on, like, well, we know Wentz is better, but Foles runs our system better. Even the coaches on the Eagles got that. And then, I mean, the cutaways, the worst thing in the world was when uh, the Bears playoff game was going on and they kept as Foles as driving the Eagles down the field for the go-ahead touchdown. They kept cutting away to Wentz. And <laughs> the, the, guy, the guy is flat-faced and pretend, the rest yes. of the sidelines going wild. And the cutaways to him, like, cool. his inner monologue was like, <laughs> yay, that's wow, terrific. Terrific. No, this is great. Another, oh, he's, a, what and a he's, hero. Thanks. <laughs> and he's got a statue outside of the stadium. Oh, that's really cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. What if he, by the way, what if, I, I love doing what if stuff with games oh, and, yeah. uh, and moments in, uh, in NFL history. And what if 
Alshon Jeffrey catches that ball from Foles in New Orleans, and the Eagles end up winning that game. To me, that would have been the one. If I mean, I, obviously you beat the Patriots yeah. in the Super Bowl. That was pretty significant. But if he runs the table to get you guys into the playoffs last year, then you beat the Bears. Then you go to New Orleans, where nobody could win a game last year mm-hmm. until the Rams did it on the weird P.I. call. If you guys win that one, when nobody gave you a chance to get it to, to hang with that team, if you would have won that one, I think that history would be, the last year would be different. At minimum, I don't think Nick Foles would have left the team. I don't think I don't so know either. They, I don't know that you would have traded away once, but I, I think they would have said, we can't let Foles go. I mean, he just they got us back to another <laughs> NFC title game. Right. And by the way, if they go and play the Rams in the title game, where they had won the month before. Yeah, forget it. to say they don't go back to play the, the Patriots again in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Doug owns McVay. We said the same things. Like, it turns into this weird, like, uh, leading up to that, we were already thinking it, and we're just going, at this point, it's the greatest story in sports if Nick Foles wins a back-to-back Super Bowl. So who cares? Like, go and deal with that afterward. But we knew the aftermath was going to be, at a minimum, you guys are going to have to compete for the starting job now. This changes the trajectory of, like, Wentz's development. It's clearly, like, been hurt hurt uh just in general from his own health to now you have to compete with another quarterback and whatever it's the league everybody would have done it too um as you can see like you know Arizona had no problem moving on with with Rosen when you you know they don't have it and things like that I'm uh, but now that we have kind of perspective on it and seeing this team do the same thing with a different quarterback at nine and seven you go oh okay thank god they didn't because that's Doug that's a lot of Doug and that's a lot of you know and and Carson in this too and really uh, the reason why Damashek's on here in the first place is because he was so adamant and we had made a bet about you know uh the uh, the Giants are gonna go win this football game that was Dam- Damashek's uh you know don't believe me now believe me later tweets uh which led us to this bet and and we're so thankful because he's on the program now but uh, in a whole, and I want to get to some other Eagle stuff that we just touched on, uh, including another "what if" for you. And what do you just what, what your your first thoughts when you say Philadelphia Eagles are now a playoff team? What do you make of it? Well, I mean, listen, I think Wentz deserves credit, and like the late great Jerry Orbach says to the late great Patrick Swayze at the end of Dirty Dancing, "When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong," <laughs> and I was wrong that uh, about that game specifically. Um, but all through the off season, based on what we were just talking about for the last five minutes, I said outside of Freddie Kitchens, I mean, among players, there is nobody in 2019, no player in the league who had more pressure on him than Carson Wentz did. Um, and I, I mean, it felt to me like there were stretches there where he was legitimately feeling it. Also, I go back to the Detroit game in Philadelphia where that's been a plague of the season for you before all the injuries to the receivers. The drops were also vexing stuff and were really hurting Wentz and uh, the Eagles' win-loss record. Um, but I felt like, you know, and, and I remember, I, I feel like, and you know better than I do certainly by a lot, um, but I was on a flight from the East Coast on Monday, when Monday night game, um, Eli's um, last start and it was raining and everything else. Yeah. And I watched the first half of the game um, on the airplane. And I tweeted, I think, in that moment, um, man, I, Wentz just physically looks like he everything is, is really hard for him right now. He yeah. really felt like, man, he is laboring to get rid of the ball, to throw 
uh, to throw 15 yard outs and everything. And by the end of the game, when I, or by, by the time I was in the car, um, on my way back, I'm, I'm looking at tweets and people were texting me saying, watch him in the second half. Carson Wentz suddenly returned to 2017 Carson Wentz in the fourth quarter in overtime. And that he, he kind of did. And he was able, and the Eagles were able to survive just being decimated. Now, the one thing I will say, Ellen, correct me if I'm wrong too, because I'm fascinated by this question. Yeah, the uh, I, I I don't know if they are in fact the first couple of Philadelphia, but I like to call uh, um, Colleen Wolf and John Gonzalez. Oh yes, the first couple of uh, of Philly. Um, I think they at least deserve um, you know candidacy and or, or nomination if uh, if you ever have that tournament to see who is the first couple. Oh yeah, and um, and they both work for this station, and I'm I'm pretty sure it's where they met. Uh, at the same time, I so think so. Like, they met in the yeah. It's, it's a very romantic story that they once <laughs> spun on my show about their first meeting. In fact, we scripted it out for them. Then they re they reenacted their meeting in uh, in the Philadelphia Eagles locker room. Um, but um, and by the way, uh, the, Colleen, uh, Colleen Wolf will be out in full force uh, for the NFL Network, and uh, make sure that you're at the New Wave Cafe from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. or 1 p.m. if you want to be on uh, you know the uh, the pregame show for the NFL Network. I so. think people people always like to know if it's true, and Colleen Wolf is for real yeah. a an Eagles fan. That's not just some put on that she's doing for uh, for whatever reason. She in fact is uh, living and dying with the Eagles. But um, they both have told me, and then that intrigued me enough that I've gone out and asked other people um, who root for an NFC East team. I always thought from the outside looking in that the biggest rivalry would be blank and the Dallas Cowboys, whatever um, <laughs> team you root for, you might consider it. What I've realized from, um, from the first couple and beyond now is the biggest rivalry is Giants-Eagles. That that's the one that everybody that that that's the nastiest one that that's where there's some real hate among the fan bases and the teams and otherwise and based in part on that I thought that the Giants would love to you know for what that kind of stuff matters um, I thought that the Giants would really be up for that game to try and end the Eagles' hopes and the the so if, first of all. Can you validate that that is, in fact, the nastiest rivalry? Uh, so this that is what's weird is it's still split. I would say anybody that's born 1997 to, like, 2004-plus is going to say the Giants. Anything before that is still the Cowboys. I personally hmm. still love making fun of the Cowboys, and I hate the Cowboys more than I do the Giants, but I'm stuck in that weird, I was Gen X, then I was Gen Y, and now I'm somehow at the top end of, uh, of the millennials. So I, 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 don't, I don't really know, but for me, it's still Dallas. I think it's more young and old crowd and and I, I guess that wouldn't really fit with Colleen and John though uh but yeah it's 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 split I would say it's it's definitely younger folks are Giants older folks are Cowboys well, well so okay so a new wrinkle to that but yeah. I mean also practically based on the matchup if you remove the the brands and everything else from it um Carson Wentz is better than Danny Dimes at this point but you know and and Outside of Fletcher Cox, I mean, you, obviously the Eagles had the superior defense in that one, but Saquon had been superhuman coming into the game, and Danny Dimes has had some flashes and so on. I just thought that the, the Giants would get a team that was just decimated on your end of things. And <laughs> the one asterisk that I think that you kind of allude to, so I'm not a hater for pointing it out, it's, it's, um, 
it, it's pretty obvious that you guys happen, things broke right for you, that the year you go 9-7 and seven happens to be a year where the rest of the division is even worse. Yes. And the win yes. streak is great, but you lost to the Dolphins, and then you beat three bum teams four times, and those <laughs> three teams happen to be in your division. Ergo, you win the division. At the same time, Pittsburgh now, after mostly positive vibes, you know, from one and four to suddenly being in playoff contention, and wow, they're really going to do this. Dave, we're going to beat them, my brownies, <laughs> and we're going to beat the, beat the Bungles, and Dave, Roethlisberger, he come back next year, we're going to be a Super Bowl team. But Ooh, you know what? Shecky, I don't miss the, the Inzer exit, by the way. I don't miss the Inzer ex- uh, accent one bit, so, yeah. Dude, you, you didn't see that Mason Rudolph. <laughs> dude, dude, dude can sling that ball. But you know what? Doc Hodges. Doc Hodges in that. If big, if, they, if big Ben don't come back next year, you know what? Doc Hodges could do it. I mean, that dude's just a winner. Yeah, there's no- I kept saying to people, I was like, I mean, now, in 2020 hindsight, now it's extra laughable. But there was, I, I forgive people who got excited and everything. When they got to 8-5, and they kept winning with Duck Hodges. People, I, the flight that I mentioned earlier yes. was I had been in Pittsburgh. And that weekend in Pittsburgh, I mean, the number of conversations I had with people who watch football and have for 20 or 30 or 40 years were saying stuff like I was just uh, quoting there about how Duck Hodges is potentially the long-term answer. And I, I said, God, please stop that. Don't embarrass yourself. Duck Hodges is not an NFL quarterback. You must disabuse yourself of this idea. (laughs) They win in spite of him and, at this point, Mason Rudolph. But anyway, the point is that they're similar in that the Steelers, they wind up 8-8, you guys get to 9-7, but they're basically in the same boat. Both overcame massive injuries. The difference was, obviously, you get to keep your starting quarterback. We lose ours at the very start of the year, pretty much. But, you know, they basically finish in the same place, except that you're in a bum division, and we just so happen to have uh, to be in it in a year where the Ravens were the best team, and so now the Steelers look silly. But, you know, I, I will say that for three months it was a lot of fun what the Steelers did, and now you guys got a really fun month of December, and now you get one more, more game, one more week to talk about pro football. And as I always say, one of the best things about spectator sports is that it gives us something to look forward to, especially where it's cold and dreary. Football season, based on where it's positioned in the calendar, and the fact that it's once a week, gives you one more week to look uh, look forward to something. One more game. Keep <laughs> extending us, and if you look up and you get really lucky in, uh, in February, you're like, hey, we only got a month or so left of winter. They got us all the way through winter just about. Yeah, I thought about calling this instead of uh, survive and advance, advance and survive, because I felt like, you know, that just seems more appropriate with this Eagles team. But here's where I'll push back a little bit on, on some of this. And it, maybe it's just because, like, the Cowboys are going through coaching changes, things like that. But nobody was out there saying, like, oh, well, the Cowboys aren't that good because they beat the same teams that the Eagles did. It just happened to be at the beginning of the year as opposed 
is to the end of the year, and I wonder if if nationally people would look at the Cowboys differently, even if they only had eight wins and won this division. Be like, yeah, but they got a lot of talent, and Dak's been playing really well this year. And if Mari Cooper and did it, and they've got Zeke and they've got an offensive line, like don't count them out. I think everybody would say that they could go and make a little run. And you look at the Eagles, and they're like, oh, they only beat four teams. They've got a bunch of practice squad guys. Yeah, that's Carson. That's great for four games, but whatever. They're going to get beat by Seattle. I think they have a, a, a puncher's chance here. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl, but I, I think there's a there's an opportunity, at least, where they could see themselves in the NFC Championship game where everything, again, like you said, has to break right when it goes to that. You get the Sean Jackson back if you beat the Seattle Seahawks. That's not nothing. Uh, Lane Johnson is there, too, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and I don't think any of the receivers like, you know, uh, the guys we're learning, uh, Deontay Burnett and, uh, you know, we, we've known Greg Ward for uh, quite a while here. Rob Davis is another one that I'm sure everybody's uh, doesn't want to get used to. But I think they're going to have to, Shaggy. I think this is this is. This is at least uh, not just – this isn't a one-and-done thing. I think they, they can beat Seattle. I think they can go in there and do some things uh, as long as, you know, uh, Miles is, is somewhat healthy and they can get a, somewhat of a run game going um, to, to help them out there. But, um, I, yeah, I don't know. And here's, here's my what-if before I leave you because you, I, I thought that was a great one that you gave. And that leads to a whole bunch of other different things in recent history. But simply put – Well, I just, let me just say this. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. Go I, ahead. I, just to make it clear. Yeah. Yes, as you get Lane Johnson, who is a significant piece for you guys. And he might even be, um, I, I have the Jenga theory that in the 21st century that um, in pro football, you're going to lose players. It's not a matter of if you will, you're going to lose some. <laughs> right. The Jenga theory is, is if you take the wrong piece out, the whole thing will implode. Yeah, there might be a case to be made that Lane Johnson's the, that guy for the mm-hmm. offense, and if it's not him, maybe it's Zach Ertz, but with the way Goddard's playing. Anyway, I, uh, point is, I absolutely think you guys can beat the Seahawks. I mean, the Seahawks, again, are always fun and talk about a puncher's chance, and I think if you said, uh, just to make a case for the Seahawks, or specifically for their quarterback, you can debate who the best quarterback in the game is in 2019 and over the last decade and otherwise. But if if I said, I can't tell you anything else about the game, who the offensive pieces are going to be, how the offensive line's going to be, what the weather's going to be outside, how good the defense is, only, cha- only thing I can give you is the choice of quarterback. I think outside of Patrick Mahomes, maybe you would – I think Russell will, and you might even, based on his deeds – in the postseason and otherwise, you might say, give me Russell Wilson and, and 21 other guys just because of the magic. He, I mean, you saw it last week again. You saw it on Sunday night that they almost won that game. That being said, that is the team. That, that team, especially with Jadavian Clowney not at full speed, um, we know about the linebacker holdovers from the Legion of Boom, but um, what scares you about the outside of Russell Wilson really about that Seahawks team coming to you guys. I definitely think at minimum that you guys – I mean, I'll be honest, uh, no jive. I am <laughs> taking the Seahawks, yeah. but I will not – I will absolutely not be stunned if um, on Sunday night I'm looking at things like, oh, so the Eagles now have to go to San Francisco. And with the San Francisco's lack of track record with those – I mean – not the head coach, but right. the the players, you know, for what it matters, I don't know how much it does matter, but 
the Eagles have been there. The Niners haven't. You know, if that's the matchup you get, or if you go up to frigid Lambeau, you know, that, I, I hear you, man. It's, those guys have done it now for two straight postseasons. Mm-hmm. They, they outdid themselves a year ago. Three. Why not ride some of that magic? Yeah, yeah right. Exactly right. Yeah, so why not be able to, at minimum, extend it into the division around and then go from there? And you do still have... Aaron Donald may be the best defensive player of the generation, but you know, as uh, as our mutual pal Chris Long says, one uh, A to that is Fletcher Cox. Absolutely, yeah. There's uh, dead on. Even though he's kind of been a little bit up and down, and I think that you know that the injury from last year in that Saints game is still kind of lingering around uh, this year. I mean, he's been the anchor, and when Brandon Graham. You know, wasn't even available last week. He had to step up a little bit. Timmy Jernigan, all that. There's, you know, I, I, and just like you said, I think we're more excited than anything. I get that. I, you know, we all get that. Sure. I, I, you know, and, and, and you're playing with house money, by yes. the way, at this point. You won the Super Bowl two years ago. <laughs> but all I know is I've never seen Carson Wentz look worse in a football game uh, in that Seattle game, and uh, and then just the next week with Miami, it was just a, a crescendo of awfulness. Seattle's kind of this this very weird team that goes against a lot of like analytical data and their written base personnel sixty eight percent of the time. They run the football more than anybody when they have one of the best quarterbacks in the world and one of the, honestly one of the best wide receiving cores in the world too. Uh, and that always scares me. So I that's I was in the position that you were at one point. I just said there's no way that this Eagles team can do anything i even said it again this year i said there's no way they're going to win three games in a row they haven't done that in a long time carson and doug hadn't done that uh you know since 2017 like this is this is silly and then of course they do it again and i'm just i i I told myself my new year's resolution is nothing is impossible no matter how many injuries we thought it was just a one thing fluke and now this is the third third postseason in a row where everybody's beat up, and you know, granted they had home field advantage the first time they did it, so that helps too. But um, I, I hey, think I always fun. talk about another another one of my dumb theories is the curse of Sposta. People talk about the Madden curse that takes a backseat to the curse of Sposta. When you're supposed to win, that's pressure. Uh-huh. You guys have zero pressure. You, I mean, again, house money. It's a nice story that Carson Wentz personally overcame. And the team in general did, and now it, it, it should be a fun. It should be a fun thing. There's you. There's no. I mean, I hate the no one outside our locker room believes in us jive for the most part. But guess what? Nobody believes the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl this year. So nope. it should be a fun time starting on Sunday, and hopefully. You get a uh, another week or two, or you know, maybe a whole month out of the thing. Yes, that is right. The uh, the Dave uh, Damashek football podcast obviously can be found anywhere you find your podcast, including where you listen to the Go Birds podcast. And uh, we hope that you know uh, we love you here, man. We appreciate you coming on. Thanks for being such a great sport, of course. Um, and can you still call it your podcast when you have fourteen co-hosts? By the way. Like is it is that it is did you ever think about Dave Damashek and Friends podcast or no, something like never, that? No. Never. Never. <laughs> if I've not made it clear, I'm vain. I'm not a narcissist, but it is my vanity that requires that you pay attention to me. Yes. You understand. Yes. So yeah. that's 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 how I'm backdooring into this sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for joining us. I honestly didn't expect it to to go this long, but you know, you make it so damn entertaining that I couldn't stop. So I appreciate it, man. And uh and uh I'm sorry that it turned out the way it did for your Steelers. You are a fantasy GM. You should apply for the Browns job, in my opinion. That's just me throwing it out there. 
Uh, and uh, we- I'm going to throw out this one in the in the spirit of uh, of counsel. My uh, counsel to everyone who is a Philly sports fan: you must begin a. Um, a big campaign. You got to get to the 1960 Kelly Greens already. Yeah. Thank I hate you. The, the Flyers. The Flyers are my most hated team in all of sports ever, <laughs> and yet they have maybe the best uniforms in all of sports. The Eagles need to get that nice Kelly Green back. Uh, and that is another thing. It's it's synonymous with your previous question about uh, Giants and Cowboys. If you think that that it's the Giants rivalry, you hate the Kelly Green. You think it's ugly. You know, they, the Midnight Green, oh, they were a bunch of losers. If you are you think that the Cowboys are the biggest rival, more than likely you're for the Kelly Green as well. I'm with you. I, I think it's <laughs> the most beautiful color in the world, but, you know, we, we, we digress. Oh, the here. Phillies, get, 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 the, get the Gary Maddox and kind of Bake McBride powder blue back full time. <laughs> yes, Do it all. yes. No, the powder blues are beautiful. That's a winner in this town. That's, uh, see? Yeah, Damashek's basically from Philly anyway. I feel like it's just. No, I'm just not. Being... I hate Ron Hextall, and I laugh every time. <laughs> I watch the highlights of Lemieux embarrassing him again. Don't you dare put that stink on me. Uh, true story. The the last digits of uh, no, I can't say that. I can't even say that. I, what am I? What am I doing? I'm going to break protocol there. But regardless, uh, let's just say that there is a what a, a, a Pittsburgh Penguins phone number involved with uh, a theme involved with with your. Oh phone yeah, number, right? yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 yeah, and I'll leave you with that. I was in Philly for the draft. I, I, I hadn't been there in a long, long time. I, uh, I found it to be a wonderful place. I enjoyed the people. I enjoyed the entire atmosphere. And I'd like to close out with a big announcement. I, after that visit, made an important decision. Philadelphia moved up past Harrisburg. It's now the second best city in the state of Pennsylvania. Congratulations. <laughs> we did it! We did it! It finally happened! Ah, oh, man. See, I didn't think it was official until now. So, what a, what a way to start out the new year. Dave Damashek, thank you so much for your time, man. And uh, uh, we'll uh, we'll hopefully hear from you again soon and, uh, and have fun this weekend. You too, man. And, and Happy New Year. What am I doing? Yes, Happy New Year. Same to you. Thank you for uh, Dave Damashek. You know, I shouldn't be thanking him. I should be saying thank me for making an excellent bet to get Dave Damashek on this fine podcast. But either way, love the conversation uh, hope you guys did too. And one quick thing before I leave, because we're going to get into this on Thursday. But of course, of course, we're finally reaching a point with Elliot where he's like, okay, guys, I've been really impressed with Carson Wentz. I know exactly what you guys were talking about now. And I even came in today talking to James and being like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to finally make him admit that he was wrong about Carson Wentz. And just to say it publicly, just to start the new year off nice and clean it'll be like a, a a philadelphia bath that we we desperately needed thought we were going to have this wonderful olive branch and this is what elliot shore parks tweets today and you know i'm not a i'm very much yards don't matter guy but this isn't a yards don't matter stat this is quote from elliot shore parks at elliot shore parks on the twitter.com Need to get something off my chest. I do not find the stat about Wentz throwing for 4,000 yards with no wide receiver or with no receivers over 500 yards. Very impressive. He doesn't find that impressive. I'm sorry, but I just don't. Now, I'm biting the cheese here, and we're going to obviously debate this on Thursday anyway, but you got to be fucking kidding me. (laughs) You got to be kidding me. That is exactly what has been our entire argument since the offseason, is Carson Wentz special enough to carry a bunch of no-names 
and bleed them and drag them, even though, you know, we heard even with our conversation with Damashek there. We know the circumstances. We know this isn't the best division. But to say that, oh, does Carson just need hope? Oh, does Carson need just hope? And he's the only guy to do it in NFL history. That means something. You're not remotely impressed by that, Elliot? Not remo- not once. Even though it's the thing you've been arguing against since the beginning of time with Carson Wentz. Oh, it's not that impressive. Let me just say this. What the fuck, man? What can you be impressed by? As I said in my follow-up tweet, moving down here, you know, like, you are already not impressed by anything that's good food. You don't like stand-up comics. You're not impressed by movies before 2001. You're not, you don't, music before 2006, forget it. Good-looking people, I don't even know. You hate college football. Any sound that a guitar makes, not impressed by that. Singers that don't use auto-tune, and I forgot, I just wrote gum and chicken because I ran out of ideas. But shout out to our boy, the wine mascot, who listens to basically everything we do and is the best wine seller uh, pretty much in the country. Pairing food with a beverage, uh, it doesn't exist. And the fact that actors, not impressed with actors, obviously, because he thinks everything, everybody can just do the same things. You have no logic at any given point i can never follow you around elliot i'm just saying this to you from me to you happy new year what the fuck anyway stay tuned for the preview pod of well the go birds pod as we get ramped up uh, for seattle and the eagles a home playoff game who would have thought saturday afternoon we have the extended hour from one to four as uh, we'll be on for three hours, leading you right up to NFL Saturday playoff action. There will be. I'm going to save the ecstasy of gold for the radio show, so you have to listen to that part. And clearly, it'll be on demand somewhere, but you have to listen to that. Um, We will debate, obviously, Carson Wentz a little more. Not really. We'll just more or less kind of give our feelings on the game. Uh, Any news that ends up happening out of the NFC East and a lot more. So thank you, as always, for tuning in to the Go Birds podcast right here. Radio.com, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Happy New Year! Yeah, I know you are.